Hello, everyone. This is Patriot Underground here. Now, before we start the show, I just want to say a quick word on behalf of Patriot Underground Gold and PatriotUndergroundSilver.com. You folks have heard me talk a lot about rolling over your 401k and your IRA into precious metals. We all know that the dollar is on its way out. De-dollarization is here. The BRICs are spearheading this effort. Now is the time to make these moves, folks. Click the link in the description and my team will contact you and explain how easy it is. And this will be the best financial decision you've ever made. I am not a financial analyst myself, but quite frankly, you don't have to be to see the direction that things are going in the world. We have a narrow opportunity to protect and secure the wealth that we've earned our entire lives. It's time to de-dollarize yourself and put your savings into precious metals. It's a no-brainer, folks. Click the link in the description, like I said, and you will be happy you did. All right, everybody, enjoy the show. Patriot out. Okay, guys, uh, I apologize for being out of the loop for so long. I had no idea. I had no idea that Patriot Underground is literally out of the closet officially. <laughs> I wish he would have done it on my show, you know, but I've been so out of the loop and I've been so disconnected with reality. I've been so busy on building stayingalive.com here in Cape Canaveral. We're about to launch the most comprehensive you know, affiliate, not affiliate. It's really more of a referral program. It's not an affiliate program. It's a referral program that's going to allow people to earn hours free of charge in the system. And it's also going to allow people to earn XRP worldwide, anywhere in the world. You could earn XRP just by telling people, hey, go see Mel down at stayingalive.com. You know, this is how you know we're winning the war. When guys like Patriot Underground decide that it's time to come out of the closet, it's pretty much official, you know, we're winning this war. And I'm going to ask him to basically tell me what the hell is going on because I have no idea. I really, I've been, I've been so out of the loop. It's ridiculous, brother. I know you're out there blowing and going. Hmm. I'm building multiple businesses. I got two more businesses to build that are break back to back, but I got to get one off the ground, fully automated, rocking and rolling, get the marketing in place, get all the stuff that I want to do. I got like five different marketing strategies that are going to be like falling like dominoes one after the other, promoting our brand here down in Cape Canaveral. And then I'm going to probably build another business and then another one on top of that. You know why? Because I'm a sadomasochist. I love to inflict pain on myself. I really do. <laughs> so, brother, talk to me. What in the world is going on for you to come out? That is so exciting uh, that you're out in the open. You're out of the closet. I'm saying, are you coming out on my show? I had no idea that he was out already. <laughs> well, brother, welcome, brother. Well, it's good to be back, Mel. It's always it's always fun to be on your show. And yeah, I, I wasn't sure if you knew because I think a lot of my, you know, my guests I haven't talked to in a little while. And uh, yeah, so I decided I was going to turn the camera on about uh, that was roughly about a month ago. And uh, so far, it's been it's been an adjustment. I have to say, you know, I've been uh, behind the scenes in a sense, you know, with the camera off and kind of, you know, messes with my workflow a little bit. You know, I'm used to kind of being, you know, having that freedom of not not worrying about being on the camera. But uh, it was a transition I felt like I had to make. And, you know, I'll tell you, um, I always imagined that it was going to be on the other end of like the EBS, you know, when everything kind of happened, that eventually I'd, I'd kind of come out to my audience and say, hey, everybody, this is me. And, you know, but uh, I, I have to agree with you, man. I think we are really in the final phases right now. We are really, really accelerating fast. Now, I, I can't tell you that that really directly affected my decision, but I also think that there's probably a reason, like I felt like the Lord was sort of pushing me in this direction. And I think that's that really is the reason. That's that's what I listen to. And, uh, you know, 
as far as what's going on in the world, man, I'll tell you, I mean, I, I do the best I can to stay on top of all these events, but it really is a struggle sometimes. I mean, I actually decided I was going to take a little bit of time off over Thanksgiving. I did a show the day before and, you know, I was like, all right, I'm just going to relax. Hopefully things will be quiet and, you know, not a lot of stuff going on. And boy, was I wrong. And I'll tell you, a lot of my attention is usually focused on, you know, geopolitics and everything that's happening. And it still is. But I have to tell you, I don't know if you've heard about, uh, have you heard about rule 213 in New York? Very vaguely. I want you to bring me up to speed and tell me the story. By the time we get, you get done with Mel Carmine, Mel Carmine is going to have a, a black belt on rule 213. Well, I'll tell you, I mean, I, I was absolutely stunned when I, there was actually a video, uh, there was a, a lady who did a video on TikTok and she broke it all down. But basically rule 213, my understanding is that they tried about a little over a year ago, Governor Hochul, remember, you know, everyone was so excited they were getting rid of Cuomo. And then we got, you know, another tyrant, you know, probably even worse than, than Cuomo, uh, this, uh, this Hochul lady. So she comes in. And she tried to pass this Rule 213, which basically gives the state unbridled authority for medical tyranny. It, I mean, it, it is literally a blank check. They can come to your house. They can come to your place of work without any due process, without any real rationale or reason. It doesn't have to be. It's not just simply associated with COVID. It's not associated with any kind of you know singular pandemic that they might roll out. This is basically like them saying... We have carte blanche authority to quarantine you, to take you out of your job or your home at any time of day for any reason, for any disease, even if it's a non-communicable disease. I think she was talking about like, even if you have Lyme disease or if you have something like, you know, uh, I think she said toxic shock syndrome or something along those lines. And I actually went and I and I looked at some of the uh, I didn't read the whole all the paperwork because it's a bunch of legalese, but I got the general gist of it. And she was not lying. This is, I mean, absolute tyranny. So I think what happened was, is that Hochul tried to pass this and it got blocked. And so behind the scenes, you know, when we're all focusing on whatever we're focusing on behind the scenes, she brought it to I think I wrote it down here. It was the uh, she appealed with the the New York State uh, Supreme Court Appellate Division, the Fourth Judicial Department, and as of last week, this became this rule has become law in New York, and there's almost no no discussion about it. I mean, I've been listening to certain people talk about this a little bit. It's been circulating, but it, it's not getting enough attention in my view because, as far as I'm concerned, this is the scariest thing that. I've ever seen as far as legislation that gets passed by, you know, by the enemy to try to basically move us in this direction. Now, we all know what their plans are. We all know about the FEMA camps. We all know why they've rolled out this medical tyranny, why all of a sudden, you know, they're they're ramping up the same exact playbook as they ran right. You know, you recall in, at the end of 2019, we started hearing about COVID and then, you know, we go into the election year. And then all of a sudden in March, we have this major pandemic. And what I see is them running the exact same playbook and they're preparing to, well, it depends on how you look at it. I mean, if you think that the White Hats are really, it depends on the degree to which you think that they're in control, because there's different ways you could look at this. But it, it certainly appears on the surface that they're appearing to, to get ready to pull people out of their homes and actually go nuclear. 
and put people in these quarantine camps. I mean, literally, we're talking about concentration camps. I mean, and it gets worse. They they can force you to take experimental drugs. They can they can force you to take vaccines. There's no due process. I think I mentioned that you, you don't have any any leg to stand on. You have no rights. I mean, if they if they deem you to be a problem, they can just yank you out and there's no recourse. And you can yeah. be I mean, they, literally, they can disappear you. So, I mean, it, it, in a sense, it's kind of like, you know, they can just take you and throw you in a black hole and they don't have to answer any questions. It's almost like uh, I mean, I don't think it's an exaggeration to say it's a license to kill on behalf well, of is the it state. possible. Um, is it possible that the reason why we haven't heard much about it or hasn't really made a lot of noise in, in, in the in the in the arena, if you will, is maybe because the enforcement, the law enforcement, the people that would run that tyrannical operation, if you will, are saying, screw you the hell with you. Go jump out a window and, and go scratch your ass with a broken bottle. We're not doing this. Well, you know. I, I, that was actually the next point that I was going to get to, and that's a perfect segue. So it turns out, I don't know if you heard about this, the NYPD, they're absolutely just losing, they're losing police left and right. I, I wrote down some stats over here. Over 2,500 cops have quit in 2023. And of course, wow. you know, the, the mainstream media is, you know, they're doing this whole whitewash thing about the budget and, oh, you know, they're making cuts everywhere and this and that. But the, the, I think the truth is that they know what's coming. I think that these police, they know exactly what's coming. And basically, they're choosing a lane at this point. And if you don't see what's coming, I mean, obviously, I have a perspective on this that I think is is more complex. I think that, yes, this is being set up as a part of this near-death experience. I don't think that they're actually going to be allowed to pull the trigger on something like this. Because, but let, and I'll, I'll talk about that more in a minute, but let's just stay focused on the NYPD. They sure. know what's coming, right? They're not going to be a part of this. A lot of these uh, police officers are, are basically, like I said, they're choosing a lane and they're siding with the people. The, the people, exactly. They're this, siding would like, with... this would be like, this would be like a civil war. We against the scumbags on an epic proportion of untold power. Okay against these bastards that they would not be able to handle. They would literally take a crap in their pants. There is no way that this would not cause massive, massive chaos for them. Well, you know, literally you for them, you should get mad. I'm pissed off too. I mean, I'll tell you, I don't live in New York, but uh, I've got friends in New York. I spent a lot of time in New York and quite honestly, I live geographically. I live pretty, you know, pretty close proximity. So this hits home for me. And, you know, we've been talking a lot about this whole time about on my show. I mean, I've been very honest with people about red lines. OK, and if you start taking people out of their homes, if, I mean, and that's the other thing. They can take your kids. There's no age restriction. I mean, this is I mean, this is an absolute nightmare, Mel. You got to look into this because it really is. It, it's like tyranny on steroids. And if they start going down this road and, and this is why I don't think it's going to happen. I think that we would see military intervention that the, the White Hats. If they exist, and, I, and and both of us agree and believe that they do, if they exist, they're not going to allow something like this to play out here in the United States because we have guns. We will use them. If you show up to my house, you show up to any of my my friends, my family's homes to try to take our kids, our family members, we're going to open fire. 
It's just that simple. There's no question and, about and it. At that point in time, it, it would be completely justified. And I've said for a long time that, you know, what what can what they can attempt to get away with in other countries is not going to fly here in America. We are not going to concentration camps. We're not. Well, you got to love there. the fact. Yeah, you got to love the fact that the American public as a whole, we are everything but docile. Absolutely. You know what I mean? We are not going to just, like you said, roll over and, you know, okay, you got me, you know. Uh, What are they thinking? I mean, are they that brazen? Are they that stupid? Are they that arrogant? What is their problem? Well, see, here's that's a great question, right? What are are they actually thinking? Are they being prompted to do this? Are they just simply desperate? Are they doing this out of desperation? And this that's that's actually what I genuinely believe. My 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 framework of understanding is that the White Hats have behind the scenes, they've had all types of infiltrators and agitators that we don't even know about that have been leaking information. And, you know, and basically they've got moles everywhere and they've been pushing the deep state through this military operation, basically forcing them down these roads, knowing what their playbook is, knowing that, I mean, you, you only have a certain amount of options as a tyrant. You, you run out of options when you lose public opinion. When you lose, then that's why this whole battle is about consciousness. That's why this is all about right. the Great Awakening, because as long as they've got a majority of the people under their spell, thinking that they're that this is you know a good idea, this is normal. If, they, if they've got public support behind them, they're insulated, they're protected. But everything starts to change once public perce- perception and public opinion turns against them. There's just too many of us and we're all armed. I mean, there's just simply no way. And not to mention the fact that they're going to be major, major defections. Like we've been talking about here in the NYPD. That's what this is. These are defections. These are police officers who are walking away from a full pension. Some of these guys only about a year or two out because they know what's coming. And they know that they're ultimately, if this becomes a reality, and I don't think they're going, I think this is going to be getting us up to the precipice of destruction. The near-death experience, like you've had Wano Savin on your show, you've heard him talk about that, you've heard others talk about, you know, this event, this big event, this near-death experience that we're going to have. I think that this is part and parcel of that. But like I was kind of getting at before, the White Hats, if you believe that they exist, and you believe in this Q operation, you believe in this military sting operation, and you believe that the reason that you and I can sit here and have this conversation is because of the ghosts in the machine because of the good guys in the background who are basically safeguarding us against total destruction, then you have to believe that they're not going to, going to allow the deep state to go down this road because it, it only leads in one direction. And, you know, once, and this is, you know, one of the areas, I mean, I, I've tried to get one on my show multiple times. He, he doesn't seem to want to come on my show to talk about this, but one of the things that I, that I've always wondered about, and I've loved to question him on is how far are they going to allow this to go? Because he said that when the White Hats step in, when we have military intervention, it's essentially going to be to stop a civil war. He said that multiple times. All right. So yeah. we've got, you know, we've got this medical tyranny now that is just absolutely out of control. And I mean, of course, New York is like New York and California. These are basically like the, the testing grounds, the beta testing. And then it just spreads like cancer all across the country. Now, don't get me wrong. I think if you're living in certain states, you're probably going to be insulated from something like this. But as far as I'm concerned, I don't live in New York. I don't live in California. But the minute the, the minute somebody from New York 
or somebody from California gets swept up and put in a concentration camp, I consider that to be an attack on me. I consider that to be a declaration of war on, on all Americans. And so yeah. if they're out there, they can't allow this to happen because you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. Once people pick up their weapons, Mel, and you know, you may disagree with me on this. I don't know, but I, I'm firmly of the belief because I know, you know, like you said, we're not docile as Americans. But if we get to that point, if we reach that boiling point where we're actually ready to pick up arms, I don't really think well, hell's going to break I, loose. I don't brother. think you're going to dial that yeah. back. I yeah, really all don't hell think is going to break loose. First of all, let me say this: I will make sure, okay, that I will go to bat for you, and I will make sure that 107 gets on your show. How's that? <laughs> well, it's up to him. I mean, you know, I've made it very clear. I, you know, he likes me a lot, so I can pick up the phone and all say, right, "Well, you talk you to got, you. You got to go see. You got to go see David Patriot Underground, and it's going to happen." Know, it's just that try. I've, I've tried multiple different times, but we'll see. Yeah, it's going to happen. Guy. I have a lot of respect for him. Don't get me wrong. I love. I mean, I love 107. I'd love to, to get him on, but you know, I've I've never had the opportunity. But this is one of the things that I'm curious about, and I'm wondering, you know, if you have a perspective on that too, because, you know, it looks as if I mean, we got that situation going on, the medical tyranny, and I was just going to get to this. We've also got the border situation, which is just a total travesty in and of itself. So you've got these two major, major tyranny attack vectors, you know, these two freight trains that are coming at us. We've got millions and millions. And by the way, I don't mean to do this as, as fear porn. I'm not trying to scare anybody because at the end of the day, folks, I firmly believe the White Hats have this under control. But I always yeah. like to try to figure out, you know, the, the ins and outs of this and, and, to, and to war game it from multiple perspectives. But we've got tens of millions of illegals who have come across the border. Do I think that there's been white hat infiltration at the border as well? Absolutely, I do. Do I think that there's a, that there are countermeasures in place for all of these different threat vectors? I do, but I also see it as like a razor's edge. I mean, you know, it, it could go either direction really, really fast if, you know, we start getting hit with sleeper cell attacks in mass or if they start trying to round people up and put them in FEMA camps. And, you know, I, I happen to think this is all going to be timed right around the Trump trial, the, excuse me, the yeah. Trump trial. I'm a difficult yeah. time getting my words out today. My no mouth is dry, but um, which is going to be live streamed in March. And I happen to believe he's going to play the Trump card and the Trump card being all of this military evidence that proves that the election was stolen. He's basically going to go up against the J6 charges that are all hinging upon whether or not the election was stolen. And he's going to prove unequivocally that it was what what options do they have at that point? That's, I think, when we're going to see the deep state really go nuclear and they're, they're lining up all of their dominoes right now. So my question to Juan and you know to people in the know who might have this information is and I know you're never going to really get a straight answer. But how far is the, are they going to allow this to go before they step in? And, you know, are they going to actually allow people to get swept up and put in these quarantine camps. I mean, is, is that going to be part of this? Because I, I, again, I just, I see it going side. Okay, I like to answer that. I would like to answer that if I may. And, and I, I want to answer it this way. I think first of all, any of the cops out there, listen very carefully cops. I got, I got a little bit of a, of an ax to grind with some of you guys out there who are stopping little old ladies for doing 17 miles over the speed limit. That is you're, you're part of the problem when you're doing that. Okay. Let's, let's get, we got much bigger fish to fry than all this bullshit. Okay. Cause you're serving your master. And if you're willing to serve your master and making good on this threat and putting people in concentration camps, I'm telling you, you're going to be hanging from a rope 
and guys like Patriot Underground and Mel Carmine are going to be probably in charge for selling the tickets to that event of you hanging by the rope. I don't think that's, that's going to happen. I don't think it's hyperbole at all. I think that's I mean, if you make yourself an enemy of yeah. the people and yes. I think that's one of the big things, too, Mel, is that, you know, we are the Patriot community. And I, this is true worldwide, but I can I can really speak to it mostly here in America. The Patriot community sure. are full of good hearted, decent, hardworking people who don't want a problem. The last yeah. thing that we want is to have to pick up our weapons. Yes. You know, they brand sure. us this way like we just can't wait to have this civil war. Bullshit. We're yeah. doing everything that we can to try not to have one. Avoid that. But yes. don't mistake that with weakness. You don't mistake yes. patience and kindness and goodness with weakness, because if you push us beyond a certain point, it's not just about Mel Carmine and, and yes. Patriot Underground. It's about yeah. the American people. The American right. people are going to respond in force. And I just don't see the White Hats if they don't step in at the exact moment when these things are about to happen. And that's and, and that's just it. I mean, he's. You know, he's talked about it being a white knuckle flight, like we're all going to, you know, it's going to be a really, a, a really rough ride. And we've all been anticipating that. But right. that cannot include crossing red lines. In my, in my opinion, I mean, right now we, we're all sitting back, you know, we're, we're watching, you know, the RV, we're watching all of these things, different things developing around the world. But we're not in a position where we have to actually physically, kinetically defend ourselves. Yes. And if they go down that road, it, it's a game changer. And and that's what I'm saying is that I, I think that, I mean, we're going to find out, obviously. And that's, yeah, no, absolutely. you know, that's well, I'll the, tell the cops this also. If you guys play ball and you guys that are resigning, congratulations. Okay. Awesome. Okay. And keep resigning. You're going to get your pension. Guys like us who understand this new world that we're graduating into will make sure that you're going to get your pensions times, you know, three times four what you thought you were going to get. No, it's just like they kicked out all these people out of the military because they refused to get the jab. And now they're advertising, saying, come on back. You don't need the jab. You don't need the jab. And they're doing the right. same thing at the hospitals with the nurses and all. Of the, I mean, so all of this stuff is backfiring. And, you know, I, and yes. I think the police understand it's not about their, you know, their pension. They, they, they understand I me. Mean, don't get me wrong. They're, they're, they're taking a, they're doing something very courageous by stepping down. But yes. at the same time, they know that a fate far worse is on the other side if they choose to comply with these orders. Because and, they understand uh, the will of the power of the people, and, and we will literally, if you push us to the brink of breaking, to the brink of firepower, to the brink of going into a civil war, against our will, right? that all options are on the table. At that point, yes. At that point, yes. I mean, let's just be honest. I, I believe wholeheartedly in the plan. And I don't think, I, I let me just state this again for probably the third time. I don't think that this is actually going to be allowed to transpire. I don't think that the White Hats are stupid enough to allow the enemy being in a position to trigger the EBS, to switch us over to Nassar and Jassar and the QFS, and basically to, you know, to, to kill the dark Internet and hook us everybody up with Starlink. Having that ability, I don't think that there's any chance that they're going to allow the rollout of actual quarantine death camps in America that they're going to attempt to do that. I, I just don't think that's going to happen. I really don't. I think this is part of the scare, you know, the scare tactics of the deep state. Go ahead. 
Yeah, it's not going to happen. But if you had to grade grade them, I mean, meaning them, whoever's left in this war, which are very few, just on bravado alone, you'd have to give them an A plus. Oh yeah, because that's all they've right? got. That's the thing. I mean, that's the other thing that most people like. They scratch their heads. They're like, I don't understand how they're so confident. Of course, they're going to pretend that they're confident. That's all that they've got is public perception. That's yes. what I was talking about a minute ago. If they lose public perception, which is all based upon confidence, it's over. It's, it's the over. same thing with the fiat dollar. Yeah. Right. You know that just as, as well as anybody. The minute that yeah. public confidence is gone, it's it. That's it. It's over. So they have and don't and let's let's also not forget these people are sociopaths. They're psychopaths. Yeah. I mean, they can sit there with a straight face inside of a burning house and tell you that you're in paradise and to just relax and everything is going to be okay. This is what they do. This is the Kazarian mafia goes back thousands of years. They're masters of of deception that they always have been and they have no soul. They have no conscience. And so, you know, that's the the other thing that I think most people who aren't awake and, and certainly people, I mean, certainly people aren't awake, but even some people who are, they struggle with that because they keep looking at and like, I don't understand why they're so confident. They're not. They're desperate. They're afraid. They're terrified. They're not going to show you that. This is war. Yeah. This no is war. And the only thing that they've really got working for them at this point, as they don't, the public is turning against them in mass. The only thing that they've really got is their existing infrastructure and power. And they've got the mainstream media and they've got certain elements of the military and law enforcement. And I think that really is the wild card right there. Because it really depends upon which way this all goes down, which lane they choose. And that's, you know, it's also a big reason why they're bringing in all of these illegals, because they want all of the good cops to leave. They want, I mean, heck, they want all the good teachers to leave the schools. They want, they want to flood our society with no connection with people who hate us, who hate freedom, who hate everything that we stand for so that they completely they want chaos so that we go running back to the government. Please, please, please save us. That's right. And that is the game plan. That's been the game plan all along. I've I've been at this for 33 years, 34 almost. Absolutely. Yeah, that's absolutely what it's all about. They're, they're Both sides. See, that's the thing. Both sides have this plan, right? The deep state, we know what their plan was. And, yeah. you know, in essence, the White Hats have been sort of I, I, I talk about it as like a parallel strategy, a parallel construction. Yeah, they've been building their strategy right alongside the deep state, knowing what moves they're going to make, forcing them down certain roads. And by so doing, they've been able to stay in the shadows. But we right. all know that at a certain point in time, they've got to emerge. And I've said this, you know, even before this, you know, this two, one, three. Uh, which, you know, again, you know, two and one is three and then three and three. That's a Masonic symbol right there. I mean, they're still up to their games. Uh, before I even heard about this, I was talking about this year. You know, I mean, it's it doesn't seem like things are going to get resolved by the end of 2023 at this point. I mean, you might disagree with me on on that. I mean, hopefully the EBS goes off tomorrow or heck, maybe even during our show. I mean, that would be great. But uh, I think 2024 is going to be the year. And we're headed into, like I said, it's the same exact playbook that they're running, the same timing, everything. And Trump's trial being in March, it's the same time they dropped COVID on us. I think that we're in for one hell of a ride in 2024. And I don't see us getting to the next election without military intervention. I just don't see it happening. Do I don't you think there's going to be an election. Do you actually feel that there will be an election or do you think before that happens, the military will step in? 
I think the military has to step in because there's no way that we're going to have a free and fair election. I mean, there's some people who say, you know, oh, yeah, we're going to have another election and the White Hats are just going to sort of safeguard it behind the scenes and Trump is going to win. Well, OK, that's that would be great. But that still doesn't change the fact that we need the EBS. It doesn't change the fact that, that we have to have mass arrests. We have to have justice. We have to have the rollout of Nasara Jasara. You know, all of these things have to happen. And in my view, they can't happen under normal circumstances. There's no way that all of these changes that we know are coming are going to get implemented. And we're not just going to wake up one day, even if Trump wins the election, hypothetically. And, you know, all of a sudden he's just going to what he's just going to announce that uh, he, that we're going to have the EBS when while he's in office. I mean, to me, that just doesn't seem to make a lot of sense or to roll out, you know, Nasara and Jasara, because I've always associated that with the EBS. That that was really going to be the, you know, like the, the the quantum financial system is mirroring the SWIFT system. And when the EBS goes off, that's when, they, you know, the, the SWIFT is just going to go away and we're just going to kind of go into that one lane with the quantum financial system. I don't think any of this stuff can happen without the EBS. And I certainly don't think that there's any reasonable conclusion that we're going to have a free and fair election in 2024. And even if we do have an election in 2024, as far as I'm concerned, it, the minute people go to the polls and we have an election in 2024 and we haven't resolved 2020, that's in the history books at that point. Right. So there's yeah, there's, we, be, there's no way to, to to write that wrong. And Trump has said many times, you know, if you don't write that wrong and Juan has said it, there have been others as well who have said this. You have to fix 2020 because if you don't fix 2020. You're never going to have another free election moving forward. I, I firmly believe that. So, no, I don't think we're going to have an election. We might. I mean, let's put it this way. Is it possible? Let's just say, for example, Trump's live stream trial is going on in March. They pull all types of false flags. They try to, you know, say, announce that they're going to start rounding people up or we get a bunch of sleeper cell attacks. God knows what they're going to do. A nuclear scare event, a false flag alien invasion, whatever the case may be. Let's just say hypothetically that happened in March and the military came in and we had a whole summer of justice and tribunals and all of these things. Is it conceivable that we could have an election in November? Yeah, it's conceivable, but not before the EBS. That's my view on it. Well, guys, if you're watching this interview this far, this interview obviously has graduated a long time ago over to Rumble. You're not going to see this on YouTube. And that, that piece, hopefully my wife is smart enough, which she is, to put it over on YouTube. And Sorry, if you I've been watching off of YouTube. A, you want to watch the whole thing for so long. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I know. And that's okay. I, I was going to tell you to take the cart off the rails anyway, because, you know, that's the only way, you know, Patriot Underground really functions on all cylinders. Take the cart off the wheels, brother. Keep going. Preach. Hey, keep going. No, we got to We got to keep it real. You know, yeah. I, I think that honestly, um, you know, with everything that's happening in the world right now, I don't think we have the ability to, you know, to beat around the bush anymore. And, you know, as far as, uh, you know, I mean, look, we've been talking about America. I'm, I'm sure you probably at least heard about some of the stuff that's been going on. Let's just talk about Ireland, for example. Yeah. I mean, and this is directly related to the border issues we're talking about here in the U.S. All right. They've got the same problem over there. Yeah. All right. So and this is, you know, in France, this, there was it, it, there was also an incident in France. I'll just talk about those two. So the the the, the incident in Ireland, in Dublin. My understanding is was a 51 year old Algerian national who had been living in Ireland, I think, for like 20 plus years or something. 
That, that kind of surprised me when I heard that. I, I was kind of expecting it was going to be like, you know, a more recent arrival. But we also know that there are sleeper cells. All right. Some of these sleeper cells, people have to understand some of them are people have this perception that it's like, a, you know, a unit of individuals like all living in some, you know, secret hut somewhere. You know, it, you know, it's, it's not necessarily the way it works. These people, they they come in and they become a part of our society. They become a part of our communities. Right. They become. You know, so that so that they're not going to get made. Essentially, they're not going to be identified. They're trained to to go dark for like 20, 30 years. Some of these guys don't even know that they are sleepers. Some of them are a programmed MK Ultra, uh, and they can be activated with a phone call. I don't want to you know take it too far in this direction because sure. I don't know. But you know, I mean, this this type of technology exists. It's been proven that they can send electromagnetic signals to the brain. Voice, you know, they can people can hear voices in their head and do all these types of things. I mean. You know, if you think that that's you feel that you're nuts, if you think that that's got nothing to do with all of these shootings that we've been seeing over the past decade, I mean, most recently in Maine, right, where the guy just conveniently turns up dead. Right. I mean, if you think that this isn't going on, it is. So this guy in Ireland apparently had been living there for 20 years. And then all of a sudden, one day. There's a couple of uh, school kids that are being walked down the street. And this guy this just pulls out a knife and starts stabbing him. And, and my understanding is one of the kids has died. And my the, the, the version of the story that I heard was that there were multiple women who brought him down. I think part one of the women uh, was the caretaker of the children. But I think there may have been some other, uh, you know, like onlookers who who contributed. And they basically beat this guy within an inch of his life. They had to resuscitate the bastard in the hospital. But this absolutely just set things off. In Ireland. And I mean, I'm sure you've seen some of the videos, but this was I mean, this was absolutely insane. I mean, the, and the Irish people, they're a slow burn, too. I, I mean, yeah. I don't know if you know many Irish people, but, you know, kind of similar to what I was talking about with patriots. Right. It takes, a, you know, a, an Irish person can be really, really patient, really long suffering boy. But you push an Irishman past his limits. That's what you have a problem. You are gonna have a major problem. That's what you get. And of course, you got the prime minister saying that all oh, the rioters brought shame upon Ireland. No, you brought shame upon Ireland. And, you know, it was great to see uh, Conor McGregor step up and, you know, ex- just absolutely going after. I mean, they're, they're, they're it's 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 unbelievable to me that I think it was Tommy Robinson who said something along the lines of and I'm paraphrasing what he said. But, you know, when you put. All criticism of of the state policies, if you put that. In the context, or you, you just dismiss it as being far right, that you can't even criticize without being investigated for a hate crime. I mean, literally, it's gotten to that point in Ireland and in in England and a lot of these places. I mean, it's it's way worse than it is here. I mean, you post some stuff online, the police show up at your door. Yeah, they don't have free speech. Yeah, of course. So is Tommy you know, out of jail, by the way, is Tommy out of jail yet? I don't know. He was arrested. I know he was arrested. I don't know if he's actually out of jail yet. But I mean, he but he yeah. So to kind of go on with that quote, I'm kind of bouncing around here. But he Mm -hmm. said, basically, you know, this is what happens. This is what you get. You persecute your own people. You take away their right to to voice their grievances. And, you know, you basically it's it's a it's a divide and conquer strategy. It's it's culture war is what this is. This is fifth generational war. Instead of having an army march across the border. They open up the borders with, quote unquote, refugees. And don't get me wrong, some of it's legitimate, but we all know that that's really not the game plan here. It's not about safe harbor for refugees. This is a this is an invasion. These are military aged males. 
And, you know, this is this has been their strategy all along. And it's now starting to boil over. And, and the, I mentioned there was an incident in France. It was uh, I think it was a, a house party of teenagers in France in some small town. I think it was somewhere in uh, gosh, I don't remember where it was in France, but there was a whole gang of illegals. I don't know what country they're from, because if you read the mainstream media articles, they conveniently leave that part out that, you know, it involved illegals. They don't tell you anything about the perpetrators. But they just walked into this party at two o'clock in the morning with a bunch of knives, about 10 of them, and just started stabbing people for no reason and ended up killing a 16 year old kid. And you've got the, uh, you know, government, even the even the, their own government is admitting people inside of the French government are admitting. I mean, this is going to we're at a tipping point in our society. You cannot have civilized society continue to function this way. So, yeah. You know, again, back to the RV, not to switch gears on you. I, I, I'm a firm believer, and I'm sure you'll <laughs> you'll concur, uh, Dave, is that nothing is going to happen until Trump gets back. Nothing. Absolutely. So what do you make of all these idiots out there? And there's plenty of uh, idiots, and you guys, the idiots, you guys know who you are, okay, uh, uh, making dates that it's going to happen tomorrow, 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 okay? What do you, what do you make of all these guys still uh, really bent on – stringing Americans along who are so desperate, who have literally stopped looking for opportunities, stopped looking for jobs, don't have any food in the refrigerator, have, they have no idea where their next dollar is coming from. They're begging, literally. They're at the precipice of becoming <laughs> homeless because of these morons who keep stringing people along. What do you what do you make of all of this? And do you agree with me that Trump needs to get back before all of this happens? Well, um, okay. So as far as, you know, Trump being back for the RV. Um, yes, I do think that nothing is going to happen while, while fake Biden, while this Biden show is, is continuing. So, yeah, right. I do think that, I mean, but it's pretty obvious to me and, you know, quite frankly, you know more about the RV than I do. You study this stuff. I mean, I try to have like more of a broad perspective. I pay attention mm -hmm. to it, but it's a piece mm -hmm. of what I know about. And, uh, but you, you know, you have a lot more knowledge on that, but I will say, that it's pretty obvious that, I mean, when you look at everything that's happening geopolitically with the BRICS union, with the de-dollarization, with, uh, you know, all of these corporations that are moving over into the Middle East, specifically Iraq, when we know Iraq is, a, you know, kind of a, a central area, you can't really talk about the RV, it seems, without talking about the dinar. And there's, of course, mm -hmm. a whole history behind that having to do with the Iraq war and us going in there and stealing all their gold and devaluing their currency and, taking their oil revenues and basically filtering them through the Federal Reserve, I mean, out of Kuwait to the Federal Reserve and all of this stuff that they did that now has to be rectified as a part of the RV. But yes, I, I think that it's pretty obvious. I mean, Trump even said, I think it was, it may have been all the way back in 2020. It might have been before that. But he said that the currencies of the world are going to be on an even level playing field a lot sooner than people think. Now, what that actually means in terms of is it going to be in a one to one? Is it going to I mean, that that's an area where I can't really speculate. Mm -hmm. but I think that it's it's pretty obvious that. To me, when you look at all of the world's currencies. And this de-dollarization process where they're all basically taking their treasury bonds behind the scenes, they're dumping their treasury bonds. And what are they buying? They're buying gold mm -hmm. so they can participate in this gold backed currency in this brick system. Right. And what's what's happening in the background 
is, I think, starting to emerge more and more. And it's becoming pretty obvious that these these different players that are involved in the RV, I think, are very, very close. I mean, I've actually talked to uh, I know you talked to Dr. Scott Young. He's got sources behind the scenes who have said, you know, that, and, and I know that, you know, this is this is an area where people get really upset because we've been talking about the RV and you mentioned people stringing people along and everything and that's part of the reason why I kind of steered clear of this conversation about, you know, dinars and zims and dongs and, and all of these things, because the truth of the matter is, is that for years now, we've been seeing reports that, oh, yeah, it's just right around the corner, right around the corner, right around the corner, just kind of leading people along. But do I think it's pretty clear that this is all being set up? Do I think you could even have Nasara and Jasara if you if you don't level out the currencies and if you don't basically depeg them from the dollar, and this is kind of what I wanted to mention a moment ago, I lost my train of thought there, but all of these different currencies that are dumping the treasury bonds and acquiring gold, they're devaluing their own currencies in the short term because they're all linked to the dollar. Mm -hmm. And so you, you have to go through this, this process where all of these different, that's the kind of the way I see the, the RV, the revaluation is What's going to happen at the end of the day after all of the world's currencies have been essentially no – they're no longer pegged to the dollar? And I mm -hmm. think the strategy here is to isolate the king dollar on the world stage. So you know, basically it can go up in relation to other currencies. That's why we keep seeing the dollar rise and people are going, wait a second. I thought, I thought it was supposed to be going in the other direction. Well, it's rising because all of these other currencies that have their currencies based upon – the treasury bond, that's the basis of their treasury bond. They're dumping it. And so that adversely affects their currency. And it, it appears to help ours on the surface. But really, all they're doing is maneuvering us. When I say us, I mean, you know, the US primarily, but really the cabal uh, into a position of isolation where it becomes like monopoly money, where mm -hmm. yeah, money, I mean, literally toilet paper is going to be worth more. At a certain point, and I think that's yeah. really the strategy. How long can this go on? Yeah, well, I mean that's that's a whole separate question. I don't think much longer though. Yeah. yeah. What do you think of the debt clock and all the anomalies that have all of a sudden <laughs> appeared on the debt clock? It seems that it's either the government playing tricks on us, or it's the white hats playing tricks on us, or someone has hacked the government debt clock. You you've seen the debt clock and what it looks like. You see all these. These things that they're posting there, they're sort of like messages. Uh, if you go there right now, uh, I don't know what the debt clock's address is. I think I, I think it's debtclock.gov or something like that. But uh, you might be able to pull it up, and uh, I could give you the okay here to uh, share your the um, your screen. Uh, you'll see that there's like strange yeah. Go pictures. ahead and I'll pull it up. I got it right yeah. here. Hold on a minute. Actually, I should be able to do this anyway. Yeah. You see it? Not yet. It's there. It is okay. Uh, scroll, scroll up. See if, if there's any any strange pictures there today. It seems that there's nothing there today for some reason. But there's been these strange pictures and messages on top of the deck clock, overlaid on top of it, sending us all kinds of. Maybe that might be something. And say, you know, down the bottom, what is that? Scroll up again. What is that? The amazing? No, no mobile app. No. But there's been some strange things that have been happening on the debt clock that I can't put my finger on who's doing it or why, et cetera. I thought you knew about that. No, I hadn't really heard about that. But looking at this just absolutely makes my head spin. 
(laughs) (laughs) Just look at it. I mean, look at these numbers, man. Yeah. It's just absolutely insane. Do I, I mean, I, I look at this and I think the entire world is looking at this in the same way. And they're, they're looking at it and they're saying, this is completely unsustainable. There's no no possible way that this can go on for much longer. No. How they're actually propping it up at this point. I mean, I'm, (laughs) I think there's a conversation to be had on, on different theories having to do with uh, the exchange stabilization fund. I don't know if you know much about that. I don't really talk too much about it because I'm actually Mm -hmm. still learning about it, but they, we mm-hmm. certainly know that they've cut off an, an enormous amount. I'm going to go ahead and stop this because it's giving me a sure. head looking at this. Um, but they've done an enormous amount of um, um, what was I just saying? I lost my train of thought again there. Sorry about that. No, no worries. Um, I was talking about the debt clock. Oh, I don't know. Whatever. The point is, is that uh, there, there is a point where you just simply can't sustain this any longer. And I happen to think that they're running out of money. They don't really, yeah. I mean, they, they haven't printed any new money, as we know, since, what is it, 2017. There's been no new printing of bills that, I mean, that seems to be the case. I, I haven't, I've looked around, I haven't seen any bills, coins, yes, but no bills past 2017. Um, mm-hmm. They've cut off an enormous amount of their legal revenue streams. So there comes a point where, you know, this this just can't go on any longer. And uh, I think that we're getting very, very close to that point. Now, you know, your other question having to do with, you know, people stringing others along. And I think, look, I mean, a a lot of people are, uh, you know, they're just doing this for the money. You know, it's 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 they're they're trying to rope people in and, you know, they're trying to get Mm -hmm. people all excited and stringing them along with these you know promises of, of big returns. And uh, quite frankly, I mean, I've just never really been comfortable doing that. I'm much more comfortable just talking about what I know. And as far right. as I'm concerned, the best thing that people can do, I mean, I'm, I'm right there with you on XRP. I think it's a brilliant investment. I also think gold and silver is a really great investment. Um, yes. Historically, I mean, even if even if for no other reason than inflation, we know that it's always a great store of wealth. And sure. I certainly think that, uh, you know, it's we know that gold and silver prices have been suppressed by the cabal and uh at a certain point i think that we're going to see them go up pretty dramatically yeah. and you know, precious metals don't tend to be an investment you know that you you know you're looking to make tons of money on it's it's mostly a store of wealth i think in this case it's both i think that people uh could be looking at quite a quite a return on their investment yeah have you are you familiar with a gentleman by the name of phil godlewski <laughs> yes you are yeah okay any thoughts hmm I've never been asked about him before. Um, <clears throat> I'm just curious to see what you say. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, look, I I understand he's a controversial figure. Um, yeah. And I think that before I really knew much about Phil Godlewski, I had I had heard uh, a lot of negative things about him. Okay. And in some ways, I think kind of skewed or given me a little bit of prejudice, let's just say, mm-hmm. uh, you know, hearing about some of his court cases and some of these things that have happened and Look, there's two sides to every story, and I don't know all the details. For I mean, I certainly, I don't know the guy. I've never met him. I don't know the the details about whether he's a good guy or a bad guy. Well, I, but I do think, because I've watched a number of his videos, and I do find him to be compelling. I do find him to be a really good presenter. Um, I think that there's a possibility that just like with any other big figure out there, um, 
there's a possibility that the individual could not be who he pretends to be. I mean, there's a lot of there are a lot of folks out there who have talked about, you know, uh, people like NSA people posing as patriots and, you know, having access to certain information that they can kind of dole out to the public. And does he fall into that category? I can't really say. Um, you know, I don't really like to say negative things about people. I think that um, I, I will say on the positive side, some of his intel has been really interesting. I mean, I don't know if you watched, um, he did a show where he talked about the $31 trillion in debt that had been, uh, you know, re, re, uh, basically uh, paid off behind the scenes. And he pulled up all the different paperwork. And I mean, it was very compelling. Do, do I necessarily think that it's 100% Veritas? No. Right. But I do think that, I mean, I do listen to him. I I do think, I don't talk about him an awful lot because I, I sort of, um, I listen to glean what I think is good information. I don't think that he's putting out pure garbage because I think if he was putting out pure garbage, he wouldn't have anybody listening to him, anybody following him. And that's certainly not the case. So I do think he's got some good information. Um, where it's coming from, what the intentions are behind it, all of these different things that are associated with him, I I can't really comment on. Um, but I do have respect for him, uh, you know, as a as a as a truther, as a presenter of information. I do think he's engaging, and I think he's got some good information. Um, well, but it's definitely very entertaining to say the least. Okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, right. the only the only problem I have with uh, with Garlowski is only one. He doesn't need to inflate the numbers because he's a huge figure, like you said, he's massive. You know what I mean? Um, but when you go on the air and your your people who are following you live uh, asking you how many people you have, you know, watching you live right now. And he, you know, starts to look at a few screens and he's very serious and he puts on this whole, you know, show, if you will. Mm-hmm. And he's really cool. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like Amel Carmine loves to be entertained just like anybody else. And I do watch Phil Galuski. Not on a regular basis, but whenever I get around to it, I, I do watch him. I'm guilty as charged. <laughs> but when he when he actually looks at the screen and he says he's sitting there for maybe two or three minutes calculating, and then he comes back with a straight face and says, I have 81 million people follow listening to me live right now. I have a problem with that. And I'm gonna I'm this is for his audience, really, not mine, and I'm sure a lot of my audience will agree with me. Because if you had 81 million people listening to you live, and he said this many, many times with, you know, multi 10 millions of 10 million, uh, you know, multi 10 millions of people watching him live on many of the shows, I've seen this myself. Wouldn't his channel be a little bit bigger than 267,000 people on Rumble? It's a fair question, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Right? So why do you need why do you need to stretch the truth, Phil? That's all I'm saying. Don't stretch the truth. You don't have to. Because I, that would make him more popular than Andrew Tate, and more more popular than Donald Trump combined. Right. Right. No, I mean, those I are the two most powerful. Those are the two most <laughs> popular figures on planet Earth. Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, I think there's obvious. It's pretty obvious at certain points. There's some, um, you know, incongruities there. You know, in terms of, and I think that's why you know people question kind of where he's coming from, what his motivations are. I mean, he's very he's very open and honest about the fact that he likes money and he, he likes to make money and he's make, made Who a doesn't? lot. Of, and he Who shows doesn't? up, you know, and all these things and people, you know, look, I, I guess my point is this, is like, I recognize all of these things. I've never spoken to him before. I, if I had the opportunity to talk to him, sure, I would talk to him. Uh, yeah. I knew him, absolutely. I think he's an interesting figure. I, um, I would put out the 
invitation uh, and you can go on either show or both of our shows phil if you'd like to come on our show you're more than welcome to come i don't think he show. does interviews we like you we like him i've never really seen him do interviews but i think it would be an interesting one yeah. uh i certainly wouldn't attack the guy i mean that's not no. what i'm about i i think that um you know he's a showman you right. know just like a lot of internet personalities out there are showmen um and you know sometimes that comes with some hyperbole about the you know the numbers and the look yeah. i mean all of that stuff, you know, but that's not the lens that I listen to him. I listen to him uh, more with the lens of, okay, what I'm going to, I'm going to listen to what he says. Same mm-hmm. way I listen to other people out there, like, you know, Charlie Ward, for example, or, you know, other people that I've listened to. I don't really talk about too much, but I still, you know, I still listen to what they say. Um, but I also, it's kind of with a lens of, you know, uh, of discernment, you know, it, it's like yeah. you, you got to listen and there's, there's, you're going to get some good information. If, if nothing sure. else, you're going to get some good history. You're going to get some good background. You're going to get something sure. you can walk away with. But yeah. I think anybody out there, and this would include me, anybody out there who's just believing every single thing that they're hearing as if it's the gospel truth from yeah. one source of information, I don't really think has it figured out yet. That That's not what this is about. This is a group effort. All of us are coming together. You can offer things that I can't and vice versa. Right. And the right. same thing is true about Godlewski. The same thing is true about Charlie Ward, any of the any of the big figures out there. And most yeah. of these guys are way, way bigger than me in scope in terms of their followers right. and so forth. But for sure. me, that's not really what it's about. You know, at sure. the end of the day, you know, I, I see this as like, you know, we're at war. And all of us are, you know, in essence, uh, we're, we're digital soldiers. We're, we're coming together for the betterment of humanity. Right. To try to spread the truth, to try to warn people, to try to wake people up. Um, you know, and if we benefit in certain ways financially as a result of that, I have no issues with that at all. In the same yeah. way that, it, you know, other people. I mean, I, I think that everyone should should enjoy the fruits of their labor. It doesn't mean that yeah. you're motivated by it. I certainly sure. get into this to make money. Uh, you know, but eventually, you know, you, you end up putting in hours and hours and hours of work. And in your case, you know, you're, you're putting together businesses associated with, you know, with your podcast and so forth. Do I have a problem with people profiting? Do I have a problem with Phil Godlewski making lots of money? No, no, as of course he's not. As long as he's doing the right thing. Right. As long as he's not doing anything immoral or illegal, he's yes. not him. And I'm not singling him out. I'm just saying anybody out there, as long as they're doing things on the up and up, you know, if you're selling t-shirt, t-shirts, you're selling uh, you know, subscriptions to your community, you're selling gold and silver, you're selling whatever it is that you're selling. Listen, knock yourself out. I mean, that that's as far as I'm concerned, as a patriot, even before I became a podcaster, I wanted to support other patriots. I wanted sure. to support people who were trying to bring me the truth. And I don't well, I don't have a problem with that. The one thing I like about you, as a matter of fact, not like <laughs> I should use the word love about you, Patriot Underground, is the fact that you are like me. You're a cut from the old cloth. Okay. You, you like to cross-pollinate. You like to cross-promote, which is something that is lacking in the, patri- in the Patriot community, especially among, amongst us podcasters. You know, We do all of this work. It's only fair that your audience knows about me, and it's only fair that my audience knows about you. You Absolutely. know what I mean? And uh, I got to applaud you for that. My hat is off to you in a very big way uh, because you and I had a conversation, and you've been a man of your word every single time. Every single time we've had a podcast, you take our video and put it on your channel. I do the same thing. And it's helped, I think, you grow. It's helped me grow. And it helps everybody all around. It's called 
the birds and the bees. It's called cross-promoting. It, it's, a, it's a friendly ecosystem that would allow everybody to grow a lot bigger. But unfortunately, we have a lot of chicken brains out there that they, this is mine, 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 and they can't think because they have a scarcity mentality, and that is unfortunate. Well, you know, I'll tell you the truth. I mean, the way, I, the way that I gauge success is the number of people that listen to my show on a regular basis right. and, and comment on it. And I mean, I've gotten to know the listeners of my, I, I have an amazing, amazing audience. And, but really, as far as I'm concerned, you know, I look at whether or not my channel is growing, if it's expanding and it, sure. I've been fortunate. It's been, it's been pretty much constantly expanding since I started. That's how I gauge success, you know, in terms of how many people am I reaching? Not, not so that I can brag about, it. I've got X amount of subscribers because yeah. I, that doesn't mean anything. When I had 300 subscribers heck when i had 50 subscribers you know the first couple of weeks that i was doing this i had the same mission as i do now you know nothing has changed uh and i and i agree i think that what we're what the what this is really all about is about your audience it's about i mean your audience is what ultimately gives you your platform because if nobody Absolutely. was out there listening yeah. then you wouldn't have the platform. You'd just be talking to yourself. And that's so to me, that's what, what's most important to me is developing that relationship with my audience and building that sense of community. That's how I define success. And yes, I mean, there have been some, um, you know, some nice blessings along the way in, in terms of, you know, I'm, I'm trying now to kind of move in the direction of doing um, full-time podcasting because I really love it. I'm passionate about it. I didn't set out to do that in the beginning. But, you know, I'm trying to move in that direction. There's been some financial blessings that have that have happened, and I'm grateful for those. But, you know, at the end of the day, that's the way I measure success is in terms of how many people I'm reaching and the effect that I'm having on people. Uh, and as far as I'm concerned, that that's what continues to drive me. That's what really motivates me. Well, you're very good at your craft, my friend, let me tell you. And Mel Carmine is in your corner and I will do whatever I got to do to help, you know, Patriot Underground get to where Patriot Underground ultimately desires to get to, you know, Likewise. because, you know, at the end of the day, it is so much easier to do something you truly love, you have a passion for. You know, a lot of people said, you know, what happens when this war is really physically over? What are we going to physically, what are we going to talk about? I told my wife, maybe I'll become a food blogger. Maybe I'll go <laughs> around the world now that I got, you know. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I think that's I just no people, people can't even imagine. That's a great topic, really. I mean, you know, people can't even imagine what this world is going to look like. And all of our priorities are going to change. Our value system is going to change. I mean, once all of this stuff comes out and the, and the right. playing field, the justice happens and then the playing field gets leveled and people really understand the truth, it's going to be a whole new world. And it's yeah. going to be a world where, I mean, we're, we're conditioned. We've been conditioned our entire lives to be slaves to the system to be cogs in a wheel, you know, death and taxes, death and taxes. Like that's, you know, that that's really the the reality that most people know is nothing yeah. but struggle, nothing but toil and, yeah. and really very, very little in return for all of their efforts, for all of their energy. They get very, very little back in return. It's of course all by design. And at the same time, of course, they poison you and they make sure you don't live a full lifespan. I mean, we're, yeah. I think, Human beings are capable of living hundreds of years, personally. Well, we are in a testament to that with staying alive dot uh, <laughs> com, alive with two eyes, uh, over in Cape Canaveral. We got people, miracle stories. If you go to if you go to Miracles in Cape Canaveral on Telegram, which is my channel, it's got like uh, five hundred and fifty people on there, uh, that we started about two months ago. The stories are 
epic. And some of the stories are from other centers that have the same exact machines that we have, the same secret sauce recipe. It's not like, you know, this is like McDonald's. If you go to McDonald's, even though you should never eat McDonald's, McDonald's, you know what that is, right? Okay. Don't eat McDonald's. I don't do fast food and soda. Yeah. Don't eat McDonald's and don't, don't brush your teeth with Colgate toothpaste. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. So, but if you go to a center that's got 24 units, like my friend over in in, uh, New Jersey, uh, boundless love and light healing center.com. Okay. In Hillsborough, New Jersey, or you come to my center, she's got 24 units. I got 24 units. She's got a plasma med bed. I got a plasma med bed. It's the same exact identical recipe, right? So, but we were instrumental in being able to really go huge in the sense that we're able to really knock the price points down and create some packages where the $50 an hour or two hour minimum, $60 an hour, two hour minimum goes away. And and now they got, they got packages that, you know, are as low as $11 and 62 cents, literally per hour. If they buy a bulk of hours that they use in one, month it's affordable to the masses that's where we differentiate from we actually literally went sort of against the grain if you will and created a whole new business model that i think a lot of the other ee center owners are starting to gravitate to because it makes sense you know what i mean absolutely and um yeah so it's like my models go big or go bigger so the more chairs the more bodies the more bodies the more healing power because the bodies are made up of water uh the more healing power the faster people heal which means if you're in a room that's full of people and the, the energy uh, itself is four times greater. That means you have four times the amount that you're getting a bang for your buck. Okay. Uh, versus a room being empty because they're charging you $50 an hour, two hour minimum. That price tag doesn't work as far as I'm concerned. I listen, I could be wrong, but so far I have not been proven wrong. So far I've been proven right that the way to go is this way. And hopefully some of your members will join us because they want some free XRP and they could send some customers down, you know, to this room down in Cape Canaveral staying alive. What's wrong with that? You know, is that, is that a bad thing that I put some money in the pockets of some of your listeners called XRP? I hope they have, honestly. I mean, I remember, you know, excuse me, I apologize. I have a little bit of sure. a throat going on here, but uh, I think we talked about this last time and I, I definitely, you know, we, we plugged yeah. it in and I said, Hey, listen, this is a this is a win win situation. I mean, I I'm all the way in the Northeast, so I have I, I haven't been able to get down there. Right. But the first opportunity that I have, I would love to check it out. And I mean, getting yeah. free free XRP on top of that. Yeah. I mean, like you send me a customer if you're local. Check this out. This you're gonna love this. You send me a customer if you're local, and let's say for example, because there's sick people that have no money that know sick people that have money. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yes. So yeah. a sick person that has no money can send me a person that's sick with money. And the sick person who sent me that person with money gets two hours free in the system. How many people would you like to send me? Yeah. Right. So it's a win, 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 win all the way around. Number one. Number two, if that person accumulates way too many hours and it's a local person, they could turn it off and say, I don't want you to give me hours anymore. I want you to give me XRP. So for every person you send me, I give you $25 worth of XRP. Now, $25 worth of XRP in today's day and age may not sound like a lot of money, but let me tell you. $25 $25 worth of XRP, and you let's say you get uh, you accumulate 100 bucks. 100 bucks gets you today's price about 165 XRP. 165 XRP. If there's a buyout or when there is a buyout, because they have to move all of the money on earth at $100,000 each, and there's some lawyers out there that are saying much bigger numbers than myself, like Jim Valley. Okay. So 
if you're there's a buyout for a hundred thousand and you get a hundred and sixty-five XRP for a hundred dollars for sending me four customers, if you're willing to wait or if you're able to weather the storm until that XRP matures into whatever it needs to be matured to, that four customers that you sent me equals one hundred. I'm sorry, sixteen point five million dollars. That's wow. what it comes out to. Four customers, sixteen point five million. If you're able to weather the storm and wait it out. That's, That's pretty wild. Bad deal. What what choice do we have, right? Exactly, exactly. Or if you want to get paid in stupid fiat currency, which is on life support, you could do that as well. I mean, everybody needs a little bit of fiat, but I'm telling you, you know, because you got to stay, you know, you got to be able to function in society as long as it, you know, continues along this trajectory. We all know that. I mean, I so I have, you know, I've definitely got a little, you know, a little stash in the safe of of cash, but I mean, that's really about it. That's really all. I'm trying to de-dollarize as much as I can. I'm Absolutely. trying to buy as much. I mean, you know, I'm not I'm not heavy into XRP. I'll be honest with you, but I I know I need I probably should be. Uh, but I'm definitely as far as you know precious metals. I'm you know moving more and more in that direction. Um, yeah. I just don't I don't see the fiat dollar existing in its current form past next year. I just don't. Yeah. I think we're yeah, going to, no, it's not, it's not going to happen. Yeah. We're going to need it to, you know, to kind of get us there. We need a little bit of gas to get us there, but totally it's, it's, it's going to be worthless. Like I said, I mean, at a certain point in time, it's going to be just like monopoly money. It doesn't yeah. matter how much you got because nobody's taking it. That's the whole point. Exactly. We don't live in a world where we're just confined to our own country. And, and, you know, we have this whole internal system. It's a, it's a global system. Mm-hmm. Everything is interrelated. So if you've got all these current uh, currencies out there, what is it? Two hundred nine? Is it two hundred nine uh, that signed the the gold treaty there? Oh, you're talking about with the BRICS nation? Yeah, right. So we got yeah, we got that going on, and you've got all of these uh, countries that you never even expected. Even like France is trying to get into BRICS now. They're yeah. all seeing the writing on the wall, and at a certain point in time. All of this stuff is going to converge. The financial side, you know, we were talking about earlier, the, the the culture clash, the culture war that's looking like they're trying to, you know, they're trying to push it kinetic. You know, that you've got the geopolitical overlay of this world war that they're trying to push out of Israel. All of these things, I think, are going to converge in the next year. I, I really do firmly believe that. And I just don't, I don't think that we've got a lot longer to get our kind of ducks in a row and to prepare for what's happening, I think, for, you know, or what's going to happen is certainly happening now. I think my audience, probably your audience are certainly uh, in better shape than most. I mean, most people have absolutely no idea what's yeah. about. Them. And well, you know, I'm getting ready to pull the trigger on some more XRP. I got I got my money sitting there with my broker. OK, and if you guys are out there looking to buy 10,000 or more, you contact me, QFS1776 at gmail.com. And I will get you anything over $10,000, nothing less than 10,000. I can get you as much as you want. Million. I got people. I got people sending me pictures with their private jets, dude. Okay, that are customers of mine buying an obscene amount of XRP through my broker now, and they're all happy as a stinking slob because they all see the writing on a the wall. They realize they're sitting on the fi- the final Bitcoin 5.0 on steroids, and they know it's coming, and they're just accumulating like drunken sailors. Absolutely, and at a certain point, all of this stuff is going to pop. And XRP, I firmly believe is going to be, it's going to be the swift replacement, you know, to put it, uh, you know, and that's, that's really an insult to XRP if, if, you know, given what it can do in comparison, but I think it's going to be the world uh, standard 
Yes. Yeah. The world bridge currency, at least for the time being. For the time being. And, uh, yeah. World bridge currency move all the money on Earth and uh, scalable to 3.5 trillion transactions per second for anybody that's new that's just getting to the party now. Three point. It's scalable. It's already been proven to be scaled to 3.5 trillion frames per second. Okay. That's and it's never made a mistake. And it, 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 it what's getting ready to happen. Patriot underground, but the fact that you're getting ready to move all the money from Southeast Asia, Africa, and India, and 95% of that region that I just mentioned is unbanked, which yeah. means you're looking at about 3.2 billion people. If they move $100 a month each, you do the math and you tell me if you could move it with a 59 cent coin called XRP. The answer is no, you can't. And it has to be a big number. I agree. I agree. I, and, you know, every time I talk to you, I always tell myself, man, I got to get on that. I got to buy some XRP. I think that I think I might actually do it. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I think it's I think it's going to be massive. Um, and the simple reality of the matter is, is that whether or not you, you know, everyone out there, you know, they have their own needs. They have their own desires in, in terms of, you know, their investments and their strategies and everything else. The bottom line is, is that if you're not getting out of the dollar, Mm -hmm. And you're putting yourself in a difficult position. Now, a lot of the time, you know, and I'd be interested to get your perspective on this because we know the QFS is coming. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and a lot of the time we talk about this, you know, this financial calamity, this black swan event or events that are going to happen, like the stock market is going to crash and all, you know, all of these things that people have speculated about, which I don't really think, I mean, at this point, I think it kind of goes beyond speculation. We just looked at the debt clock for God's sakes. I mean, we know where this is headed. We know that that just can't continue. Uh, forever but when the qfs you know finally is is rolled out there um do you see uh do you see debt forgiveness do you see redemption centers do you see all of these things that uh you know that that uh folks out there have been talking about absolutely uh dr sandra rose michael who is the inventor of the scalar wave technology happens to be good friends with an admiral who actually was physically in a redemption center in the flesh, in the physical form. And he says, they do exist. They're all over the country. They're, they popped out all over the country. Locations are still undisclosed, but they are very real. I'm sure that somebody that has the, the, uh, the rank of admiral must know a thing or two about something. Yeah, I would I would think so. Yeah. Well, you yeah. know, I've always questioned this whole concept about the redemption centers and and the the idea of uh, people, you know, basically walking out millionaires and and that whole kind of concept there. But I actually am curious, you know, how do you think that that's going to work? I mean, I know I know I'm not interviewing you. You're interviewing me. But I'm, I'm just kind of curious, you know, like if, if everybody, you know, uh, gets this redemption center appointment, is everybody walking out a millionaire? Is that is that what you think is going to happen? Well, you know, there's a lot of hokey pokey stuff out there, and I don't know how much of it I believe and how much of it I discredit. Uh, and then I don't have any, you know, measuring stick as to how to discredit it. Um, but to, you know, there are people out there without mentioning any names. I mean, I could mention one name, which I don't like her too much, uh, where she claims that, you know, you're going to walk in, and you're going to be uh, greeted by some extraterrestrials from you know, the, the Pleiades star system, and they're going to sort of scan your brain and your intent and all that bullshit. Uh, I don't believe that. I believe that the people that are supposed to have the this wealth already have it in their graphs and in their means. 
uh, and the people that don't have it, they don't have it because they don't believe because they're called normies. And they're never going to believe to have it because they're brainwashed by the system. They think we're a bunch of crazy. I'll give you the classic example of this. This is a guy who's highly intellectual, knows a lot about conspiracy facts. Okay. A guy by the name of Chris Sky, which I'm in touch with uh, on occasion, and I've been trying to get him to come on my show. He recently went on yours truly, Alex Jones. And basically, you know, he's into that same thing narrative that Alex Jones is into. The sky is falling. We're all going to go into the concentration camps. Uh, Jasara Nasara is not real. The RV is a hokey pokey. QAnons are nuts. That doesn't exist. You know, that kind of a, a picture. And I would love to bring him on because, you see, it's okay to talk, but you have to be able to back up your bullshit. Right. Yeah, well, I think I mean, I think that part of that is fear porn. But I also think that I think I happen to believe that Alex Jones knows a lot more than he pretends. And I think he's actually a part of this operation, if you want the truth. And I've talked to some people. I mean, I don't have any you know, special sources or anything, but I've talked mm -hmm. to some of the people that I've been fortunate enough to talk to. And. Let's just say that. Um, it, I mean, it's like you told us, what makes a good movie is really great actors. Now, I'm not saying anything specifically about Chris Sky. I don't really know too. I mean, I, obviously, I know who he is, but I don't really follow him. Um, years ago, I used to follow Alex Jones. Alex Jones was like the, the first guy who red pilled me uh, right. way back in the day. Back in Guilty's like charge you too. Yeah. yeah, right. Back in like 2010, 2012, when I first started yeah. to wake up, I mean, I was listening to him on a daily basis. Sure. Uh, and one of the reasons that I started to get away from Infowars was when he started bashing Q uh, and, and yes. misrepresenting it. And then I thought to myself, wait a second, you know, like this, this doesn't seem because everything that he talked about, and I don't want to go on a huge jag about this, but you know, everything that he talked about leading up to the 2016 election mm -hmm. was really spot on in terms of if Hillary had actually won and Trump wasn't able to pull it off, there was going to be a hot coup. And he was sure. talking about a lot of these issues even, you know, before anyone was really even talking about Q. And then all of a sudden Q comes along and, I, oh, it's BS. Oh, it's this and that. And I, I just thought to myself, I don't think a guy like that would that easily dismiss something like this. So so offhand, I mean, it, it was like really right away. It was like automatic. He was anti-Q, anti-this. And, and that was one of the reasons I got away from him. But I, I happen to think that him – and uh, like Joe Rogan, I think you're going to see these guys who have been so I mean, Rogan, especially he's been very anti Trump for a, for a long time, but he's slowly he's starting to become more and more and more critical of the establishment of the deep state is, you know, I mean, we've seen the sort of progression, I think eventually you're going to see him embrace Trump, he's going to probably have him on his show. Uh, and I think that uh, Alex Jones, same way, I think that he's, uh, I think he's read in. I think he knows what's going on, and I think that he's part of this operation to create this fog of war so that the deep state never really knows where the op the actual opposition is coming from. And uh, and it creates, you know, it, it, it the fog of war concept, it allows them to maneuver militarily with much greater ease, and even even not in a, in a kinetic sense, even in terms of, you know, the psyops that both sides are running against the other ones. Um Deception works. It's very, very effective. And I think when you've got somebody who's a major figure in the movement, like Alex Jones, um, who's you know dismissing and, and, and undercutting this whole idea of Q as one of the top podcasters in the world, I think that's on purpose because I, I do think that he's read in. Now, 
people can uh, can disagree with that, and I'm totally cool with that. But I've I've seen some really interesting information on that. So I say well, I think you're right, and I've said I I don't I never knew that you had this point of view. To be quite honest with you, and I've said many many times on my show, I've said it publicly many times, where I think for God and country that he was like you said read in uh, that he was you know basically uh, even put your hand on the Bible, huh? Show he even talked about having meetings with Don Jr. Right. He was I mean, having I mean this was this was a long time ago that they this before even the Q drops started. Right. If you're an Alex Jones who has 120 million people follow him on a weekly basis and you are called in for God and country to play a part so that we can keep the enemy off balance, that's exactly what you're going to do. Yeah. Period. You don't even question it. Bingo. Absolutely. This is a military operation. He's involved. There's no way that Alex Jones could not be involved in this operation unless unless you consider him to be a bad guy, which I don't. Um, I don't either, because, you know, why would somebody who is part of the Mossad wake you up about vaccines and fluoride toothpaste and all the poisons and all the chemtrails and harp? And and I could go on and on and on. And sure, you pioneer. can go too. Yeah, he's know. a pioneer. Absolutely. I mean, and I don't think that I mean, let's face it, I don't even think I mean, I'm not going to, you know, totally uh, the gush over the guy, but I, I mean, He's one of the pioneers without people like him, without people like Kerry Cassidy, you know, who have been there for right. years and years and years, the tip of the spear. We wouldn't be here. We wouldn't be having this conversation. So do I think that it's likely that Alex Jones, who I mean, we talked about showmanship a little earlier, you know, talking about Godlewski, but we know that Alex Jones is a showman. I mean, my goodness, that guy is like He's the best of the best. Yeah, he knows how to put on a show. He knows how to you know, he knows how to play the game. And I think yeah. that he was called in, uh, and that's why he knew back in 2016, he knew that Trump was going to win. Yeah. He also knew in 2020 that Trump was going to lose. I mean, he, the guy knew an awful lot of information. And so if you, you know, you got to learn to read between the lines just because well, he says, oh, I'm, I'm looking to get on his show. I'm sure you're probably as a podcaster. That would be like one of the ultimate climax of <laughs> our careers is to get on an Alex Jones type show. Um, and uh, I, I know that I got a few. I'm going to make an announcement here. I am looking for at least three people who can do uh, editing part time and also to, to chase talent. The bigger they are, the harder they fall. Yes, even a Alex Jones type, even 45 for that matter. I am not intimidated to to interview another man. Why not? A woman. Why not? Exactly. I mean, you know, of course, it's it's really. Uh... <laughs> I mean, honestly, I think once you st you start to see people like Alex Jones, because he doesn't really go on that many other like he's, he kind of stays, you know, I, you probably notice this, too. There's like within alternative media, within the truth of community, there's sort of like a centrist place, you know, and that's kind yeah. of a sense like where Alex Jones is, even though he talks about all of these different things and he's red pilled on so many different things. The centrist zone right now, I think, is like what, what you talked about. Oh, you know, the fear porn and the you know, the, all of these things aren't real and QAnon is not real. We just got to focus on, you know, either getting Trump elected or, you know, who knows, you know, yeah. battering, battering down the hatches and waiting for civil war, whatever it is that they're talking about. It's kind of like a, a separate wing within the truth or movement. Sure. Uh, sure. The people who haven't really bought in, at least on the surface, at least they don't say that they bought in to the whole Q operation and they're still yeah. trying to function with some sort of an understanding of what's happening in the world. And as far as I'm concerned, um, as crazy as people want to accuse us of being for being followers of Q and believing in the white hats and believing in the plan, 
I mean, look, I think people are equally as crazy for not paying attention to it and for not seeing all of the things that we talk about on a routine basis that have been yeah. proven over and over and over and over again. Future proves past. It's it's yeah. gone way beyond a statistical impossibility. We've seen countless times that Q has predict the future, yeah. predict the future, given us the you know the results of, of midterm elections, giving us the you know the date of the the Israeli stand down of this Hamas attack. I mean, mm-hmm. I, it just goes on and on and on and on. Yeah. At a certain point in time, if you're not looking at that, if you're not acknowledging that. I don't understand how you could expect to have a, a picture of what's going on in the world. Absolutely. And really, if I didn't believe in it, I I, I would think the sky was falling too. Yeah. I really would if I didn't well, think it's, good guys. You know, I've been listening to Alex Jones for 26 years. And like yourself, when QAnon came along and he started bashing QAnon, to me, that was a turnoff. And to me, I wanted to believe the optimistic side of the story, which was the QAnon with a happy ending, right? And that's where I started. I started to listen less and less to where I haven't listened to Alex Jones and probably he lost a lot of listeners for that over four really years. Did. I mean, he's always gaining new ones, but he's lost. I mean, I know that he lost a lot of listeners when he started, you know, when he came out against Q. Um, but I think at that point in time, you know, again, we're, we're constantly growing and we're looking back at things that have happened along the way. And I don't think a lot of, a lot of us just kind of took that with it at face value that he really was you know, bashing this whole movement having to do yes. with January 6th. I remember, you know, that was really one of the last straws of one of the last time I, I listened to him when he, sure. you know, came out after January 6th and basically was blaming Q for everything that happened and, you know, Q right. and all supporters and all of this stuff. And I was like, all right, I'm done with this guy. Um, yeah. But, you know, since then I I've come across some really interesting information and it all makes sense. I think all of right. these guys, if you think that the white hats just like, you know, if you don't if you don't think that they anticipated these things, if you don't think that they, you know, anticipated people like Elon Musk, people like Joe Rogan, people like Alex Jones, and the list just goes on and on and on as a part of this operation. Um, sure. no, I, I think you're really short sighted. I don't think you're getting the full picture there. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Brother, it's always a pleasure having you on. You're a wealth of knowledge. I'm honored that I'm even in your presence. You're going to be the one of the biggest podcasters, I predict. Of, of this era, uh, I think you're going to be much bigger than what you can, you, you, even what Patriot Underground David can even imagine, okay? Um, I, I think you're you're on to some big, big stuff. The people out there love you. I read the comments. I'm sure you read the comments as well. And I, I see nothing but praise for Dave. Patriot Underground, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'm sure you'll agree with Mel Carmine, has a huge future in podcasting. And hopefully I can follow in his footsteps I'm humbled, and I would love to have you back again as maybe a panel. What do you think maybe of a panel of me, you, and yours truly, 107? <laughs> Bring it on. That, let's do it, right? That would be a great way to introduce you to 107. Yeah, well, you know what? Just schedule an interview with him, and I'll just show up. And we'll There just... you go. There you go. There you go. I like well, I... the way you think. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to hold you over. Ladies and gentlemen, if you – and you actually enjoyed this interview as much as I like giving it, okay, with Patriot on the ground here. Please do us a favor and spread it around. You know, let's let, let's stop these algorithms. Let's send the message to these these uh, oligarchies, whatever you want to call them, okay? Once and for all, letting them know that we are the ones that are in charge, okay? The people with the guns and the people with the balls are in charge, all right? We'll catch you guys on the next one. Stay right behind, brother. Bye, everybody.